Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. Why did I start this podcast? Because I'm too lazy to write a book. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. Um, So if you listen to my episode, I don't know, maybe two or three ago, um, I was talking to you about how I took a Friday off. That was February 26th. So depending on which, when I deploy, Oh my gosh, deploy. That's such a work term. Um, When I post uh, this episode, um, I have probably drank about four cups of coffee, a monster. Don't tell my intermittent fasters about that. And I'm on my hot cup of coffee now. So um, I'm on a roll. I think this is like the fourth one I've recorded in one day. But I just, I'm just super excited to be recording all day. So, um, plus I'm at the house by myself. It's really hard to record when I have my husband here because I don't want to like feel like I'm censored. But I'm never really censored. So, anyways. Hey everyone, today's episode is Latina Barbie on AAA. So right now you're probably thinking, is she going to talk about the auto club? No, it's called ascending aortic aneurysm and it happened to my husband so about i guess it's four years ago now um in april i remember i was at work um and by at work i mean we were living here in in escondido but i was working up in los angeles and we were actually recording a video for opi um, it was cool. One of the artists had come over from the UK and her name was Sophie. Oh my gosh, she was so sweet to work with. And I'll never forget during lunch break, I get a phone call from Giancarlo and um, I take it outside and he calls me and says, and literally this is how the conversation went. Hey babe, or mama bear, I think he's, yeah, he probably called me mama bear. Hey mama bear, um, what time are you going to come home tonight? And I'm like, oh, I should probably be home like by eight o'clock or so. We're, we're going to wrap here around five. It usually takes about three hours to drive home on a, on, you know, in the evening. And he's like, I go, why? What's going on? He's like, well, I'm at the doctor's and they told me I have um, an aneurysm in my aorta. Okay, well, um, uh, yeah, I should be home around eight. Oh, <laughs> seriously, that's how the conversation went. Um I go, what is that? Like, what, what is like, okay. <laughs> so like, you know, don't forget to put the clothes, you know, in the, in the dryer. And my boss overheard me and he, what, what Giancarlo was telling me was that he was at the hospital and he was, he had gone to the doctor, which I didn't even know he had a doctor's appointment. And I'll tell you why he didn't tell me. The reason why he didn't tell me was because he said that every time he tells me he's got a doctor's appointment, I seem to go overboard and like, what's wrong? How are you feeling? What's going on? So to his point, I understand why he didn't tell me, but what he had been experiencing uh, for the past couple of weeks was his heart. He felt his heart fluttering a lot. And he didn't want to tell me because in true Latino Barbie fashion, I would go overboard because I don't have kids and he became my kid in two seconds when something was wrong, right? I think it's just a woman thing to want to fix. And as I'm 46 years old now, screw that. I don't need to fix anything. Like we're all, you know, anyways. So um, I hang up the phone. My boss, Danielle, who I just adored, um, is sitting there and she says, what's wrong? And I said, 
Well, Giancarlo just called me and said he's at the hospital waiting for x-rays to get some x-rays done on his heart because he has an aneurysm in his aorta. And I'm, I'm literally telling my boss this, this, like, it's just like a matter of fact. My boss looked at me like I was from a different planet and said, pack up your stuff and get back down to San Diego. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. I already told him I'd be home around eight o'clock. <laughs> and she's like looking at me like, are you fucking kidding me? So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get my stuff. So I packed up my stuff and um, I drove down to San Diego and I actually ended up, you know, I was on the phone with Giancarlo on the way down and I said, hey, you know, I'm heading down and, and, you know, what do you need? You know, I, I mean, what questions do you ask? I didn't even know what the hell it was that he had. So um, I just, it just sounded really, really like, I guess, according to my boss, it, it sounded very scary. I was like, okay, so, you know, I'll meet you at the house because he wasn't able to get an x-ray or something like that. And I was like, okay, so I met him at the house and I go, so what's going on? He's like, well, last year the doctor told me, which to this day, he and I both agree that the doctor never said anything to him about that he had some type of birth defect where over time his aorta was not closing properly. So, you know, as it was not closing properly, it started working overtime and working harder and harder and harder where it created an aneurysm in his aorta. Now, we all know that word aneurysm and I think of aneurysm and I think of like, that's how people die. You know how they always say, oh, so-and-so had an aneurysm and it's like, that's the end of it. Like that's, that's like no joke. So I tried to be very calm because one of us had to be. I said, okay, well, um, you know, very diplomatic, right? Like work mode kicked in. I said, okay, well, let's call the doctor. Let's get this going. Let's do this. Let's do that. And, you know, if you've ever had to deal with some type of medical thing with insurance companies, it takes forever for approvals, things like that. And I remember going like on a Wednesday, it was that week, Wednesday, and I said, you know, um, let's, let's go get the MRI, I think is, or EKG. I don't know what it was, but anyways. So he went and then it was like, okay, well, we're going to send them off to the insurance company and get approval for this, this, this. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, and they tell you wait five to seven days. Okay, well, the word wait and Latina Barbie and patient are not in the same sentence. So I call the insurance company like the next day and totally are like, I'm acting like, oh, so um, I'm calling on behalf of my husband. And um, for those of you who don't know, I have like somewhat of an acting background. So I was very dramatic. And I just wanted to know if you know, did his um, operation get approved? Or I know it's like supposed to be a certain um, number of centimeters before it's approved. And the insurance lady was like, oh, it's right here on my desk and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we'll send that right through. That Friday is when he got all his tests done. The following Wednesday, he was on the operating table. And my husband thought I was like an angel. Like, he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how you did it. I'm like, well, somebody have to has to advocate for you. And Somebody has to handle all the insurance stuff. That's the biggest thing. Like I look at it and I don't want you to think of this as a bad thing to say, but thank God it happened to him and not me because he wouldn't know the first thing to handle with medical insurance. So again, everything happens for a reason, right? So that was a Friday that he ended up taking his tests. Sorry, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. 
By the way, my coffee mug was given to me by one of my very, very bestie friends who I also call my wife. And the coffee cup says, coffee makes me poop. I love this mug. Anyways, back to the story. That Sunday is when I told you that Giancarlo and I had gone to church and that was the last time I went to the Catholic church about his um, AAA. <laughs> I love that AAA. He sounds like a wrestling name. And I had prayed to God that, you know, whatever the outcome is, is what the outcome is and all that. And then Monday, no, Tuesday was pre-op. And that's when the shit got real because they were like, you know, do you have your um, NDR? You're not, wait, do not, no, DNR, do not resuscitate paperwork. And I was like, I didn't know we needed it. <laughs> like what the hell is really going on? But it was fine. I sent it over. It was no big deal. We had already actually had it in place because once we bought a house, we knew like everything had to be like paperwork had to be all in place. So, um, Ooh, that's a different topic too. I'll do that. So he did pre-op. Everything was fine. He had to drink this solution and all this stuff. Meanwhile, you know, how do you talk to your mom about what's going on? So his mom has been living with a brain aneurysm for about a year and she was in a very, she is in a very um, sensitive state. So we didn't want to worry her. And I, I tell you this because I know she won't listen to the podcast, <laughs> but um, we told her it was just like something small. Like, I don't even think we mentioned the word aneurysm to her to tell you the truth and that they were just going to go into his heart and like fix something. And then, you know, it was, it was fine, but it wasn't about, we never said the word aneurysm. So, we, um, you know, thank God for friends because my best, best, best friend, Chandra, who lives like 10 minutes away from my mother-in-law up in Culver City, she came down to be with me and she went to pick her up, my mother-in-law, and they drove down and met us at the hospital on Wednesday and it was April 27th, I believe. Yeah, that was the date. And my mom and dad met me at the hospital and it was at such a great hospital at Grossmont Center. And, um, you know, and there's, it's not just easy, you know, it's paperwork. It's, you have to take time off. You have to go off on FMLA and, um, yeah. So anyways, on our way down to the hospital, very quiet, both of us. And, um, his mom was down there. Chandra was down there. Oh my gosh. And the best thing about it, Chandra brings me this bag and it's got like just crappy food in it it's got like a thing of wine in it like i mean i couldn't have asked for a better care package <laughs> so <laughs> that's what besties are for so i remember um his mom you know we're keeping it very light and um it's we go into where i met the anesthesiologist totally nice guy kind of very dry personality but nice guy and you know in, in my fashion, the way, well, actually I get this from my dad. It's when you're nervous about something or it's just a very uncomfortable situation, we tend to find humor in everything. Like, okay, babe, I'll see you in a couple hours and blah, 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 you know? And so I am sitting back there with him. And again, you guys, I had already prayed about it on that Sunday. Like Jesus, Giancarlo is not mine. He is yours. So for whatever the outcome is, it is what it is. And I will have to accept it because I, you just don't have a choice. <laughs> so um, I just remember like me being with him and then like him being wheeled off into this 
room and it's the operating room and it's like white all it almost looked like heaven or something it was so weird and um the the procedure was explained to me of what they were going to do was they were going to um make an incision from in his chest and open up his chest bone so he's got an incision from like i don't know i want to say maybe 10 inches on his chest i it's it's kind of cool actually but anyways so um, he's got like this big old line and what they did was they opened up they break his chest they open it up they take his heart out and they put it on ice and then they fix it and we had a choice and i say we because giancarlo always you know he talked to me about it too like there was two different types of um procedures either one was he would get the baby calf seriously c-a-l-f baby calf or some like metal thing but then he would have to take a pill every day so he we talked about it and he was like yeah i, I think i want to get the baby calf and i was like good choice so he got that um repaired and then they put his heart back into his body they i guess put his chest back together because the bone's broken so it has to heal the breastplate or chest plate i don't know and then they sew him up with stitches i think it was stitches and then they put three little holes underneath his heart with drains and we call them the grenades because it looked like these little clear grenades and that's what it was but let me just tell you about what happened to me while he was under <laughs> so um there's me and chandra and my mom dad and my mother-in-law we're all this you know good old Guerrero fashion, because it's the Guerrero side. It's We're laughing, we're having a good time. Chandra and I are laughing all of a sudden. And all of a sudden we see this, um, these people walk into the waiting room and they approach me and they say, hey, you know, we're gonna shoot a video. <laughs> I, I should, you know, this, this, I can't make this shit up. I really cannot make this up. We're gonna shoot a video on uh, volunteers at the hospital. And, you know, we'd like it, it, we'd like to know if you would like to be part of it hello of course i mean what else am i gonna do i'm just waiting around for john Giancarlo to get out of surgery so um they take me outside and there's a car and it's all about volunteers and how to make arts and crafts and things like that and you know i'm animated and i'm doing my thing and blah 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 and and they shoot i never saw the video though but anyways they shoot the video and it's all done it's like are you kidding me like who could this have happened to <laughs> um and then the quote unquote five hour operation is now looking at the sixth hour. And now I'm just like, okay, why hasn't the doctor come out to tell me, the surgeon come out to tell me like what's going on and stuff like that. And lo and behold, within another 15, 20 minutes of me kind of, you know, secretly freaking out, um, the doctor comes out and says, everything's fine. He did great. Well, he didn't have to do anything. You mean, doctor, you did great. <laughs> so John Carlo just had to lay there. <laughs> so, um, so he says, you know, um, he's in the ICU right now. If you'd like to come back and see him, I said, okay. So I went back, I think first by myself and I go back there and John Carlo does not look like John Carlo. He looks like he's inflated, super, super swollen. Um, they have this, like, um, I want to call it like a, a pool floaty, like a long floaty that's on him because what they're trying to do is trying to get his temperature back up because remember he was super cold 
and they're trying to warm him back up, up to get his temperature. And there's two ICU nurses who were just amazing. And they were on him. Like, I think he was out of surgery around maybe, I don't know, three o'clock or so. Oh, his face just did not look like I wanted to take a picture, but then I'm thinking, I don't want to see that face again. So, um, it was fine. He was in good care. He had two ICU nurses that are completely qualified to take care of him. So I went and got his mom and his mom was like, oh good, I'm glad, you know, his, it's, his birth defect is fine and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. And my mom and dad were fine. I don't think my dad went back there. We all saw him. It was fine. And then, you know, it was getting kind of late. It was like maybe five o'clock and um, they wanted to wake him up. And I think they wanted to wake him up because his mom was there because my mother-in-law was there and they wanted, you know, him to be able to see her or for her to see him awake. And, but the great thing about it is she's such a trooper. My mother-in-law, like she's, dude, if, if I, I hit the jackpot with my mother-in-law, like seriously, she, she's like such a cool chick and, um, you know, she was fine. And for whatever conversation her and Chandra had on the way home, cause Chandra was taking her back. Um, you know, it, I can't say it calmed her down because I don't think we, she was ever in a state of like, maybe she was in a state. I don't know. I don't have kids, so I don't know what it's like to see your child in the ICU bed looking like his head was like swollen, like everything about his body was swollen. Um, so they got home and everything like that. My mom and dad left. And of course, I stayed in the ICU uh, with every intent to sleep there. I'd already resigned that, of course, I was going to stay there the whole entire week. And... Um, it was like maybe seven o'clock when my mom and dad left. And then I like, I remember sitting in this chair and trying to fall asleep. And then at 10 o'clock at night, they woke Giancarlo up and they had him walking. I shit you not. Those ICU nurses, they do not mess around. They were like watching an orchestra. Like they just worked and they knew how to, what to do. Like, it's almost like they could finish each other's sentences. They just worked so well together. And man, they got him up and walking on that hospital floor. And they had to bring in another chair for me because they took my chair away from me and put him in there. And we were, he was out of the ICU by the next morning. I mean, it was amazing. And I'm telling you, like, it was like, oh my gosh. And now it was just recovery. And I got to tell you, for that whole week, we were in the hospital for a whole week. I had my older brother came to see him with my nephews. It was really sweet. Giancarlo's birthday is April 30th. So he spent his birthday in the hospital. Um, and my friend Carrie came to visit me and, or him, I should say. <laughs> and and um, there was just something about being in the hospital for a week that was, very eye-opening to me in the fact that I realized nothing in the world mattered at that point. I didn't have to worry about work. I didn't have to worry about anything but just being. Just literally just being next to my husband. Like at the end of the day, you realize just, you know, what's, what's important and what's not important. And he didn't ask me for anything. I just had to be by his side. 
And something so peaceful in that, knowing that there's nothing else in the world at that moment for that week that mattered to me. But him, it was so weird, but yet so nice at the same time. It's just, it's, it's just a very strange place to be, but so peaceful. So, um, okay, so I got to talk about food. So the hospital food was really good. Like I was almost looking forward to having breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. Um, the nurses were great. They actually let me have a pass into the nurse's lounge, which I guess not everybody gets, gets one. Um, you know, I mean, we watched TV all day. Um, he was in a lot of pain. I mean, come on, you guys. He had his whole freaking chest popped, like broken open. Um, they got his heart rate down. Everything was fine. He just basically had to be in there for a whole week um, just because the, I think because the chest plate was still very um, soft. And so they had to make sure that it was recovering, uh, not recovering, it was, you know, growing back together and stuff as the human body lets us. Um, I remember having Rubio's every night for dinner. So I got like a 20 minute break where I would actually leave the hospital and go outside and get food. Um, and, um, we went home almost exactly a week later and then I had to drive him everywhere. <laughs> it was like driving Miss Daisy. He had to sit in the back seat and they gave him this really cool, um, heart pillow. So he had to put that between his breastbone and the seatbelt. Because again, it was still tender. And so I took him to all his follow-up doctor appointments and things like that. And um, Giancarlo was um, in a band. So they were like in a recording studio and stuff. So they would, um, not a recording studio, a rehearsal studio. And what I didn't tell you guys was at the whole time of this was going on, I was taking, I was finishing up my, my college degree. And um, I got my degree in marketing management. And... Um, so it was actually kind of nice too, because, you know, when we got home, I was still not quote unquote at work. So I got to do school full time. So that was, that really accelerated me. And I actually finished very quickly. In fact, by that July, we were on an airplane to Utah, me, my mom and my, um, and Giancarlo, the three of us had gone to Utah when I walked, um, to get my degree. So that was fun. But, um, yeah, it was a lot of just catering to him. Not that he asked for a lot. I mean, Giancarlo can do without a lot, but it was nice. I got to drive him around. Um, and it was just, it's, it's kind of weird though. Cause when we first got home, I didn't want to like hug him or like hold him or anything like that because I was afraid because of his chest bone. Like here you see this big, long scar. It was just like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, you know, I wanted to say it was nice right now, but it was, yeah, it was nice. So that was in April. And then, um, hold on, coffee break. Oh, that was good. So then um, in May, I was supposed to be going back to work, Memorial weekend. So we're just talking like a month after his surgery. And he's home and he tells me that he's feeling, um, over the weekend, he was feeling his heart populating a little bit like again and I was like oh okay so what do you like what do you want to do and this is literally like Monday Memorial Day the night before I'm supposed to go back to work because I think I, I took like a month off and he says I think I think we need to go to the emergency room I was like fuck okay so um we didn't go to the same hospital which was Grossmont we ended up going to Palomar Hospital which is a really nice restaurant although the food wasn't all that great but it's a good it's a nice restaurant it's a it's a nice hospital 
and um, we get there and we tell them, hey, you know, it's, but here's a funny thing. The same surgeon who operated, who did the actual operation on him at Grossmont was now kind of filling in and overseeing Palomar Hospital. And I think his name was Dr. Lin. Really, I mean, little Asian guy, but just, just great personality, just really put you at ease. And so um, he knew Giancarlo, obviously, and they admitted him that night and his heart rate was like at 130. And again, because we got admitted, I was there for another week um, at that hospital with him. Um, they tried uh, for two days to get his heart rate down and it just wasn't coming down. So um, it was maybe Wednesday night, Wednesday late afternoon. Yeah, because he got admitted Monday. So Wednesday late afternoon, um, they said, we're going to do a cardio version on him, which is like um, they were going to like reset his heart. Now, when he first went under the first time back in April when he actually had the, the actual surgery, to tell you the truth, I wasn't all that worried. I figured it was a routine type deal. But when they told me about the cardio version, telling me that it's not always successful and they didn't know what the true outcome would be. Now, for those of you who don't know what a cardio version was, because I didn't know what it was, they basically reset your heart. And then your heart can decide whether it wants to get reset or not. So it was at that moment where I almost lost my shit. But um, I held it together for Giancarlo because I kind of figured that I'm the stronger one of both of us. <laughs> so, I mean, aren't always the women stronger ones? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, he went in for the cardio version. And I remember I was outside talking to, I think, Chandra. And then I was talking to my friend Sue, my old neighbor Sue. And he came out and they said he was fine. And his heart rate went back down to like 75 or 80. I was like, oh, my gosh. So then we stayed in the hospital for another couple extra days um, just to monitor his heart, his heart, and it was fine. So I stayed there for a whole week. Um, the good thing about it was that this hospital was only about 10 minutes, if that, from my house. So I was able to go home and like take a shower and kind of like regroup myself and, and then go back to the hospital and stay with him and stuff. And um, I think we had visitors, I can't remember. And by that time, Giancarlo was done. Like. I mean, it was, it was not that, that week was not fun because he was getting woken up all the time and he was already, I mean, this is like a second time that he was in the hospital for a whole week. And he was like, I just want to go home. I go, I know. And, but you know, it all depends on the draining of your blood and your heart rate. So anyway, so he ended up going home about a week later and the food at the cafeteria, it was okay, but I still prefer the food at Grossmont Hospital, just FYI. If you have elective surgery, go to Grossmont. So, um, plus you guys, I was still on Weight Watchers this whole entire time. So I was still kind of, you know, tracking, quote unquote, tracking, but um, doing the best I could. Um, and then it was, yeah, so that was all that. And, um, then he came home and he was able to go back to work in August. So that was a long time of just recovering and just being there for him. And um, that was his ascending aortic, wait, ascending aortic aneurysm, AAA is what that was. So I don't really have a lesson 
because, well, I guess the lesson is, is I pretty much came to as close as one can be to knowing that what you love in this world can be taken from you in a heartbeat and to find the faith to really believe the words that whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen. And the word accepting just means so much more than what we think it means, if that makes sense. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm Latina Barbie. Don't forget to subscribe and have the most wonderful day that you deserve. Mwah.